Hello and welcome to the podcast. It's the Nolan Podcast from National Oil and Lube News. I'm the editor, Matt Hudson. Today we've brought in the big guns. We have Nolan columnist Adam Tatum on the show, who is also the director of operations at the Virginia Group, which is a Jiffy Lube franchisee based over on the East Coast. Adam joins me to talk about the relationships that operators make with their vendors, their suppliers, their industry partners. It's an area that is so important, it deserves a close examination this year, especially given the supply chain issues that we've seen. As you've hopefully read each month in the magazine, Adam takes a thoughtful approach to his job, and he's very detail-oriented. So when I asked him if he has a strategic approach to his relationship with vendors, he certainly does. He puts work into those details of management, and that certainly shows in our conversation. Hope you enjoy the episode, and of course, you can catch Adam's column uh, in the front half of Nolan each month. Enjoy. All right, we are here with uh, Nolan columnist, uh, and more importantly, Director of Operations for Virginia Group Jiffy Lube's Adam Tatum. How are you today, Adam? I'm good, as long as the uh, snow stays away. Well, not in my neck of the woods in St. Paul, Minnesota. It's, uh, it's been coming down. The, we, we, don't, uh, we don't like snow in our industry. Snow slows things down. That's true. I, I did drive by one of our uh, quick loops in our neighborhood of our office, and it was uh, a bit quiet, at least this morning anyway. I haven't checked this afternoon. <laughs> um, so the topic we are uh, having today is all about vendor relationships, you know, how operators can you know, make regular contact with the vendors and, and what vendors might offer in terms of training and support and just kind of how to make those things run smoothly. Because when that uh, relationship runs smoothly, uh, everything else in your shop, uh, you're able to focus on, hopefully. Is that a fair characterization, you'd say? Oh, yes, that's 100%. Uh, that's, if you don't have to worry about what's coming into your store, Mm-hmm. then you don't have to worry about, you know, 50% of the things going on. Yeah. So uh, I'll start off with a, a very broad question uh, just to pose to you. What, in your view, makes a good uh, vendor operator relationship and what may be some characteristics of a bad vendor operator relationship? I think the biggest thing is communication. You have to be able to, no matter who your vendor is, if you're not communicating or have the ability to communicate, it's not going to work. Um, there's issues. If you want to be able to reach out to somebody and have a conversation, if you have a training issue, something's not working right, you want somebody to be able to reach out to or, you know, communicate when new products are coming out. I mean, for, there could be multiple things that a vendor is working on. And if you don't know that what, what their products are, then you can't offer those services. Um, the, that's the biggest best thing i would say is communication and obviously training programs um a lot of a lot of our time so for example if you're a larger franchise 50 60 70 100 stores you know you yourself or your dms are not going to be able to effectively go out and train each and every one of your salespeople or your managers at every location so a, tra- a good training program is definitely good for a vendor to have for the operators. Um, for example, True Brand's got online training schools. They can actually teach you how to use their products and how to, how to present their products. True Brand has trainers 
that come out to your market and we'll actually have meetings with your managers or your CSAs or work hands-on with people. Um, EXP is another one. They have guys who will come out and actually talk to you. Uh, Mark and Frank are really good at that. Um, service champ, you know, a vendor like that or a fill pack, I'm sure somebody, they have trainers. Uh, Dave Everett was a good one for service champ forever where he would come out and teach you you know, about cabins and air filters and belt and belts and, you know, anything, any of their services. Um, and generally all you had to do was ask, Hey, I need help. Um, but in order to do that, you have to be able to get someone on the phone. So the biggest, most important thing is communication and training is probably with a, for a relationship. Cause if you have, if you're carrying a product and you can't effectively present or sell said product, now, what is the point of you carrying that product? The only way you're going to get that is from the experts who make the product teach you how to do it. Right. Now, a, if there are, sorry to interrupt. If, if there are, you know, vendors out there who, who just drop product on your doorstep and don't tell you how to use it or sell it or, or what the characteristics are that, you know, will help convince the customer that they, uh, this will benefit their vehicle. Uh, it really puts you and your shop in a tough position. So, uh, that communication a, part, uh, you, you have to know what's behind the products you're selling, right? It'll, it'll collect dust. When yeah. I first took when I first took this uh, this operation over, there was plenty of products collecting dust. I even said, "What's this? Do you know?" And managers and people are like, "We don't have a clue." They sent it <laughs> to us, and I'm not going to mention the vendors. Um, so I've been I, I actually it's, it's one of the reasons I went to people that I trust to bring in my products. Because once I saw what they had on the shelves and I was like, well, I can tell you, you're not going to get any help from them. They don't have an online training portal. They don't have anything. And then I started bringing up my own people in the people that I trust as vendors. And it's been, you know, a 180. They actually know what they're doing and they can't keep you on the shelf most of the time. Um, but there was plenty of products here that went to the trash can with dust on them. <laughs> so... Now that you've been through um, that rigmarole a few times and you, uh, if you're in a position to be shopping around for a new vendor, are those things that you ask about when you're kind of in the interview process? Oh, 100%. If I actually see my, my thing is I look at vendor relationships a lot differently than probably most people do. I guarantee you there is a percentage of people listening to this or reading the story that their mindset is, what can you do for me? And in reality, the process in your head should be opposite. What can I do for you to the vendor? What can I do to help get your product in my stores and off my shelf? And a lot of times when you flip your perspective, instead of, you know, well, I want a discount. Well, I mean, great. You got a discount. Can you sell the product that you got on the shelf now? No. Um, but you should look at it in law in terms of, first of all, what can I do to help this vendor be successful? Does that mean I carry more of their stuff? Does that mean I take the time to make sure that my guys understand their products? Because once a vendor feels like that you have their best interest in mind as well, you will find that that relationship is much easier going forward as to getting the training you want or getting the new products that you're after or even getting pricing that you're looking for. If you can't get that from somewhere else, say you're 
your vendor or your fill pack, your service champ, your mighty doesn't carry a particular product, you can get that straight from a vendor. And sometimes they can give you better pricing based on your relationship. But it's, it's, it's just the opposite way of thinking. There are plenty of people out there who, that, and I've heard it, you know, I heard it from my own vendors. Yeah, that guy with the guy before you, he's all about what can you give me? What can, can I get a hat? Can I get a jacket? Can I get a shirt? And I'm like, I don't care about hats and jackets and shirts. I want to know how I can get your products on my shelf to sell your products and how you're going to teach me to do it. Because net net, a t-shirt or a hat or a jacket is not going to make me successful or my business successful or your product successful. It's going to be, do my guys understand your system? If so, how can we sell it? Yeah, I like that outlook, uh, not only because it, it hopefully improves the relationship you have with your vendors, but it also, you know, if you're only focused on what kind of discount you're getting or whatever from your vendor, you're only kind of looking at half of the, you know, the life cycle, only one transaction, because the, the important transaction you want to have is the one between your shop and the customer when they're buying the product because you've sold it adequately. I mean, that's what's going to help you financially prosper. It'll help your vendor, obviously, financially prosper. But, um, you know, if you're looking out for your shop, number one, you want to sell those products. And that's how you do it with the information and knowledge generated from those relationships uh, with vendors. Yeah, and if, I don't, if you don't, I mean, I'm just going to be completely honest in my case, because and I have I have less stores than some of these bigger franchises do or or operators. If you don't have some kind of a portal or some kind of a system that will make my job easier and bring your company into the 21st century of training, I'm not even going to talk to you because that requires me to waste more time that I could be doing something more. Mm -hmm. I could more important to bring my business forward to train them, train my team on your products. If you don't have an ability to train my team on your products, I won't even talk to you because there's no point you're 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 10 years behind mm -hmm. everybody has a online training board now even your part stores have online training that you can take for anything brake systems they only sell brakes but they still got training boards to teach you how to do brakes same thing with air conditioning services and tire rotations they have all that stuff because in the end if you're doing those services odds are you're going to need their products so it's in their best interest to give you the training you need, even to get your automotive parts, like your secondary parts, brakes, um, spark plugs, all, even parts stores are doing it. So if you're not, as a vendor, doing that stuff or as a buyer, your vendor doesn't have that stuff, don't waste your time. Because it's going to be more of a headache of you trying to figure out that system than it's worth. Yeah. Yeah. And again, these are good questions to ask when you're kind of having those early meetings with vendors and, and getting a feel for what they can offer you and things like that. Um, and right now, well, right now, you know, vendor, you're talking about that kind of stuff, like vendor relationships right now with all the product issues we're having across the, you know, the whole industry, there are people, plenty of operators making this, what I call this, this uh, death spiral mistake. My particular vendor doesn't have the products I want at this particular time. Right now I need it okay, I'm going to switch from this vendor I've been with for 10 years to this other guy because he has what I need right now. It may cost me 10 cents more per filter, but I, he has it right now. 
And then a year from now, when all this stuff is back to normal, when we actually have our filters back in stock and the steel issues aren't as the issue, the, the issue anymore, here comes Mr. Operator. Well, I want to come back to the guy I was at for 10 years. Do you really think you're going to get the pricing you had before? No, you left them when they were down or they're having issues. You, you went to a better price that you thought was better price overall. And in the end, you screwed yourself because now it's not going to be as easy to get that business back the way you had before because they don't see you as being loyal or being on their team. Because again, this is not just about you. This is about them too. And as you, I guess, bounce is the best way to say it to a, to a better price or whoever has it for me right now, you don't just hurt your business or help your business. You're hurting their business too. And people have long memories. It's the best way to put it. Yeah. And you spoke to something I did want to get into as well as just the, uh, the impact of having and, and kind of setting the stage for those long-term relationships and not being uh, kind of short-sighted as that situation you described might be. Um, you know, everyone might think, well, yeah, it'd be great to have a great long-term relationship with my vendor, but uh, maybe you could describe, I mean, some of the, the ways that actually does benefit you. Why is that good to form, you know, a long-term working relationship with these companies? I guess the biggest thing that I've had long-term relationships is once I find, I guess once I find somebody I like, I'm there until you mess up. And, and I, I make it clear to them, as long as you are doing what you said you were going to do. And as long as we, the relationship is the same as what you're promising, we will all, we will be good. I, I'm a very loyal person to people that I feel benefit the business. Um, things that, that can, help that goes back to communication if they're having issues so like i knew two months before the real impact of our um supply shortages happened because my vendor knew it was coming hmm. and they warned me ahead of time just so you know this is coming and it could be five or six months where you're low or or can't fill particular orders. And by knowing that, it allowed me to reach out to secondary like parts houses. I know I'm going to be down on filters. You got plenty of filters now. Let me go ahead and order a thousand of the, each of these numbers here. Now I'll store them in my lower bay. And then, you know, you, you have a thousand filters of each brand. But when everybody else was, was freaking, the best way to put it, and trying to find filters and changing vendors, mm -hmm. I got a stockpile and my guys didn't miss a beat because my vendor made sure to let me know in advance, hey, this is coming. And if, if, you're, if you're not communicating like that, you're not going to get that. Um, and then the, the long term, another thing, you know, if you're willing to try their stuff, a lot of your vendors, uh, True Brand, EXP, uh, engines out there. Everybody has new products. And if you're willing to try their products, it can be beneficial to you as well. True Brand comes out with something new every six months, probably. And I've probably tried everything they have on their <laughs> on their slate of, uh, of products. And a lot of them I make money on because my guys are good at doing it. Um, 
There are companies out there that try new things all the time. You got different machines. I mean, even your vendors for your machines, transmission machines, radiator machines, AC machines, the technology alone changes constantly. We now have machines that are dual purpose for ACs and they're expensive, but you're going to have to have them in three years. But the, you know, you got, you got to have that relationship to ask your vendor, Hey, what is the best one for me to be getting? Should I get this now? And they should be honest enough to tell you, you don't need it for five more years. That's when it's really going to hit you. That yeah. I mean, the, the technology piece is huge. And we definitely saw that in the, uh, I guess, kind of evolution of like POS and shop management systems and with them going uh, mobile in a lot of cases where, uh, you know, courtesy texts are using tablets or like, you know, mobile POS or whatever. Um, there's a sharp uh, learning curve to those things. And a lot of them are, you know, obviously specific to whatever vendor you're going with. And you, you got to have somebody who can kind of walk you through that, you know, step-by-step step in many cases. I mean, think about it. How many people were still using doc matrix printers 10 years <laughs> ago to do receipt receipts? Totally. There were vendors out there uh, like service champ used to carry them, fill pack used to carry them, that actually had the, the doc matrix, you know, printer paper for you to put in your printer for doing receiving the edges off yes it's <laughs> and now in 10 years everything's laser printers and it comes out in 10 seconds versus that whole and you're watching it come out um it's the technology alone is going to get us one way or the other <laughs> including in the actual automotive sector with the all the electric vehicles that are coming here in the next 10 to you know 15 years supposedly mm-hmm. um, i think it's gonna be more further a little bit further down for really impacts us but, you know, the vendors are looking at the same thing. If you don't think that your vendors are looking at how uh, these new cars can impact their business and how they can actually uh, benefit from it as well. Because if you're into an EV program and you're pro- ask your vendor, hey, do you be EV services? I guarantee you they're working on something. They're working on something that, hey, are you, are you interested? I'll, I mean, I'll send you a product. Try it out. See what you think. Hey. Look at this program. Check out this training material. Tell me if that helps you with your EV program that you're starting to do at your locations because you're going to have to do something. Mm-hmm. I mean, it takes 15 minutes to get a, a Tesla into jack mode. And if you don't know how to do it, it's uh, there's, a, there's ways to do it. And Teslas can now come into our locations because we know how to get you in jack mode and get your car up. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's a, there is opportunities out there. Yeah, it's a mode. Just, That's uh, if you just get it. Yeah, they have a, it's because of their independent suspension. It goes into a special jack mode. So when the car goes in the air, the tires stay up. Uh-huh. Interesting. So. Things got to know. Um, one kind of final area I wanted to get into is, is the lifeblood of our shops. And that's oil, obviously. Um, I was talking to a, a smaller oil distributor and we were just describing kind of that uh, getting to know each other phase because it's one of those inventory items that uh, can be really unique to each shop and it can be kind of hard to dial in as far as when deliveries are made and, and whatnot based on your volume. But, uh, you know, I was, I was just curious to ask you about that uh, early on when you're getting to know a, a new oil vendor and kind of figuring out what each other can provide, what your needs are as a shop, um, how to maybe best approach that situation. Well, it starts, honestly, your conversation needs to start with how they're how they do their service 
Um, a lot of you may, they're, they're going to do what they do based on what they do, not what you want. So you have to know that. I mean, they all have delivery schedules. They're not always going to get to you when you want to get to them. So once you understand how their business works, what is your routes when you come around, then you can look at your own stuff. What Give me a list of what you've been sending to my stores before I got here or what off, what services do you, what, what fluids do you have? Um, and then look at your own stuff. Look at your, when it comes to oil, the biggest mistake people do is they forget that as cars change, so do oils. So I guarantee you, 80% of us, because my stores are the same way, have these big, huge tanks of conventional oil that we've had for 30 years, and they're 2,000-gallon tanks. They're full of 530 and 520 and 1030. But in reality, I'm still sitting on the same 530, 520, and 1030 I was probably sitting on in May because nobody really uses conventional anymore. So another a way that you can work with your vendor is to look at your own, once you know their scheduling, because um, they need to know what their capabilities are. How much can you deliver at one time? How many trucks do you have? Are there limitations to what you can bring me? Because there are. There are going to be trucks. They can't deliver 3,000 gallons of oil to you. Their trucks just don't do it. So once you understand their business, again, back to communication, then you look at your own stuff. What, what are we selling? Do I have what we're selling in the most opportune uh, location? So, for example, if I'm having to order synthetic 520 in 400 gallons every single week, why is that not in my 2,000-gallon tank? Then I'll have to order it once every six weeks versus once every week, which also helps your vendor because then he's not having to stuff 400 gallons of a synthetic oil into his truck to bring to you every single week. It's just a, you know, a communication thing. Honestly, what most people are having problems now with their vendors when it comes to oil is the availability of oil. The hurricane that happened a year ago, everybody's still coming back from it. So you're going to have to learn to punt <laughs> a lot because one week you may have synthetic 520, you may have 020, and there could be something that's not there. So using your vendor, your oil vendor, I promise you they got something more than what you use. So if you're a benzoyl-based facility or a valvoline-based facility and you don't have, I don't, well, this week we're not going to have any 020 synthetic. We didn't get any distributor. Okay, well, what other brands do you have? I know you got something more than Valvoline or Pencil or Quaker State or Castrol. And of course they have other options and I guarantee you they have it in stock. So that's what I've been doing. If my vendor tells me we're not going to have any 020 this week, I'll say, well, what do you got? And he'll tell me what he's got and I'll pick one and my stores just keep on going because we communicate. And that's a big thing, especially now with supply issues. If you don't know what they have or don't have, you're ordering something you're not going to get and you don't, and you don't know it. You've just, I guess, screwed the pooch <laughs> for, uh, for another week because your guy may only come around once a month. Maybe he only comes around once every two weeks. And if he doesn't have something, you're not communicating, you're not getting it. You lost an opportunity to, to service a customer or you're then having to pay a lot more to cut a parts house to get the same oil because that car requires it. So the, hopefully this is all over soon. You know, I've heard that we all should be back to normal sometime quarter one of next year, but 
that was also supposed to be quarter three of this year and quarter four of this year. So you never know when it comes to base products. Um, but basically, you know, again, if you want a good relationship with a vendor, it's, it's all about communication. If you don't talk, then you'll never know what you can and can't do. And to make proper business decisions, you're gonna have to have a five minute talk or call or an email or even a text. And then you can, you can make decisions uh, more intelligently than off the seat of our pants management like some of us like to do. Yeah, and you mentioned a lot of the struggles and challenges of, of this past year. And if you don't have a good vendor relationship in your shop, you're, you're definitely feeling it uh, in particular this year. And, and if you have a good vendor relationships, uh, then hopefully that's, that's kind of helped you uh, maintain, I suppose, throughout this year. And, um, Adam, I appreciate it because these are all good tips for those who are maybe on the short side or maybe even those who are just kind of reevaluating the landscape of their business and their business relationships and, and uh, some of their inventory controls. So uh, very much appreciate it, Adam. Great conversation as always. Thank you.